you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples.
righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Skipping down to verse 21. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, when angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. In this passage, there are three realities about Jesus' death and resurrection. Three realities about his death and resurrection. In this verse, verse 18, we read reality number one. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is saying, Christ died to be a substitute, the righteous for the unrighteous. Have you ever heard of lopsided exchanges in history? Here are a few examples. And by the way, these are true stories. Lopsided exchanges in history. In 1626, Native Americans sold Manhattan. They sold Manhattan to the Dutch for $33. It was sold to a Dutch governor by the name of Peter Manuet. Here's another example of a lopsided exchange in history. From the 7th to the 14th centuries, it was common for Ghana to trade gold with Morocco for its equal weight in salt. For seven centuries. Do you know what is the number one most lopsided exchange in all of history? Here it is. The number one most lopsided exchange in all of history is this. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The most lopsided exchange, Christ died to be the substitute, and he died to bring us to God. We're talking about three realities to Jesus' death and resurrection. Reality number two is that Jesus was made alive in the Spirit, by the Spirit, like we read earlier in verse 18, he was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. On one occasion, the great artist Michelangelo, he turned to his fellow artist, and he asked him this question. He said, why do you keep filling gallery after gallery with endless pictures on the one theme of Christ in weakness, Christ on the cross, and most of all, Christ hanging dead? Why concentrate on a passing episode as if it were the last work, as if the curtain closed on disaster and defeat? That dreadful scene lasted only a few hours. But to unending eternity, Christ is alive. Christ rules and Christ reigns and he triumphs. Apart from the resurrection, the cross looks like the greatest failure in history. But because of the resurrection, the cross becomes the greatest victory in all of history. Reality number three is this. Jesus is now seated with God. As we read earlier in verse 21 and 22, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. 
He will give you the strength to keep going and do more than you could by yourself. When your heart is hurting, He will comfort you and give you healing. When you struggle against sin and you live in Christ, He will enable you to overcome. When you're feeling down and defeated, He will give you hope and He'll give you strength. When there's no change, He will show you how to speak to the things that are not as if they are. You will have all this and more because you are in Christ. This is your identity. This is your position, your inheritance. This is your privilege. You have all this and more. Would you like to live it? You can live it as you allow Christ to be the center of your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each person here today. And Lord, I thank you for your amazing love. And Lord, this amazing gift of life that you've given us. And I thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed it. And you're allowing us to experience the process of you completing that work in our lives on the ground in real time as we live and walk with you. And Lord, you know the challenges that each of us face. Lord, you know the needs. You know the longings of our hearts and our desires. Lord, you know the hurts. You know the fears. God, we come before you. And God, we say, would you meet us where we're at? And would you renew our minds and transform our hearts and enable us to just simply know the reality of your presence? Lord, you accomplish all of this for us through your Son, Jesus. And by the transforming work of your Holy Spirit that indwells us. And God, we ask that you would activate each one of us. That you would activate your spirit in each one of us to come alive to you. To your presence. And to your ways. I want to invite you to keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. And there may be some of you here today as you're hearing me talk about a relationship with God. That... The reason you're here today is because you've been sensing a need in your own life. And you feel like God has been doing something. He's been getting your attention in one way or another. And and that's why you're here today. And if that describes you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him. If you've never made the decision to open your life and invite Christ to come into your life, I'll give you an opportunity to do that today. And so I'm going to pray in a moment, and I just invite you to hitchhike on my words, and God will hear your heart. But before I pray, I have a little signal. I'd like to know who I'm praying with, and I have a little signal, and that is if you would simply look up with my eyes and yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so if that describes you, um, go ahead and look up at this time, and in a moment we'll pray together. Okay, anybody else? Lord, I don't understand it all. 